0: Welcome to the Kaizen Girl podcast. This is your host MC. The Kaizen Girl is a podcast about continuous improvement, building the habits to make the most out of what you already have and scale your progress in a sustainable way. Some people say don't work harder, work smarter. Well, I believe that we can do both if we balance our time, energy and drive well. On to today's episode. Before I get started, I'm not going to mention the hiatus that I did. I think I disappeared for a month and a half or something. It is going to be the topic of another podcast at the end of the series because this is part of a series now. Long story short, exam, school happened, life happened, and I will explain exactly what happened in next episodes. So I started the series last time which was about managing, basically it was journey from being broke, broke, broke in debt, to buying a house, two-story house by myself, all of that in six years. First and foremost, I think I said that last time, I don't give credit to myself, I give credit to the Lord Jesus, because He really imparted me with wisdom to look at my finances differently and most importantly, to be seeking the tools and advice that would really help me get on track and be known to me, prepare me to be able to buy a house. The few things that I had mentioned last time is you have a budget at this point. You have negotiated a debt repayment arrangement with any company you owe money to. You understand the bidding cycle of your credit card. That is very key because the grace period can really save you some bucks if you use it wisely. You have also linked your credit card repayment to your budget sheet that you created so that you always know how much you owe. Most importantly, you have to input the interest that you would owe if you were to not pay so that your credit card repayment tab. Or fire will tell you how much interest you are bound to pay at a specific date. You set up your emergency fund and then you automated every single bill possible, like bills that are important for your livelihood. You deactivate any auto reload that you do not need. Starbucks card do not qualify as an expense that you absolutely need to keep thriving from one day to the next this is something that is extra i don't say that you have to cut it but you have to manage it as an extra expense not as something that is essential so you've done all of these different i think it was six different steps again i'm gonna dive into each and every one of them in this episode and in the next ones but it is very key to do your own research. I am not a financial advisor. I repeat, for legal purposes, I am not a financial advisor. I do not pretend to know the ins and outs of the financial world. What I pretend to know is how I navigated that and what worked for me. I am in a different situation from every single one of you. We are in 2022. I am a 33-year-old Woman, a Canadian of African descent. I am Black. I live in the outskirts of Montreal. And my situation is completely different from yours. My educational background, my ethnic background, everything is different. What I want you to take out of today's episode is basically the tools that are available to you. The one that I use, and maybe it's going to lead you to other ones that you didn't know existed. But there are a few things that are great to know. And these are really hints or breadcrumbs (laughs) to lead you on to research that you have to do. First, you have to do some introspection about your financial situation, also about your relationship with money. What are the tools that you were using today? What is working? What is not working? Be ruthless. And then look at the different steps that I mentioned in the previous podcast, which was episode 12. Go there and listen to it and take notes. I think I've also put a couple of resources in the show notes. That was a long preface, but I think it's important to mention these things. What I'm going to mention now, it really builds upon what I mentioned in the episode 12, and it was also key. That is why today's episode is called Pay Yourself First. I repeat, pay yourself And by yourself, I mean, you have bills, you have debt, you have things you need to pay. For sure, you have to pay them, but you have to save for yourself. You have to pay yourself. Paying yourself for me means that I am saving for retirement. I am investing. I am paying my credit card. And then with the remainder of the money, I tackle the essential part of my budget, which mainly is food, bills, and personal care if I can. Sometimes personal care, I'm not going to like, goes out the window because I spent more in the other categories. And I'm just like, if you spend more, it means you don't have more. The budget is not ever extending. At some point, it needs to stop. And there's actually, quick parenthesis, there's a, a thing that Mint does, the app Mint. It actually counts the number of days that you were able to go by without doing anything, without processing any transaction, like doing anything and I like for me it's a challenge to see how long I can go without using my cards because it means that when I did the groceries the beginning of the month I actually did pretty well because I don't have to buy anything else during the month I paid my bills it means that if I didn't go to the restaurant or anything it means that in my grocery list maybe i've added a few bottles of wine or cocktails and things like that so i basically bought early in the month by the midpoint of the month everything that i would need and so i can spend 10 days 12 days sometimes 15 days without using my card ever i am not staying at home all the time But I'm being strategic. My car is a hybrid, which means I am always charging that bad boy before I leave my house. I am not spending dollar on fuel. The price of fuel now, I'm just like, this is going to be electric drive for the time being. Going back to the topic, pay yourself first. Here are the ways that I'm paying myself first. The first section, it's really the everyday transactions, like how I manage them. I basically have accounts with multiple financial institutions for multiple purposes. And I think I pay in total maybe $20 in banking fees each month for all of these accounts. Now you may be thinking, how in the world are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Because I used to pay more. I used to pay $50 per month. And then I realized it's just like I am basically paying these banks to hold my money for me money that I know that they are using to lend to other people to increase their own service offering and they're making me pay for it. It makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. So I was looking at how I'm managing my transactions so that I don't have to pay $50 per month in fees. Amongst those fees, at some point, my credit card fees, they went all the way to $250 per month. So I had to get Everything down to $20, $25. How I did that, first thing was paying off my credit card every single month. Meaning for a while, I had the rhythm of just paying my credit card. And then I have a few smaller bills that are being taken off my credit card. But I always have a payment that's automated. Remember what I said in the last episode, automate every single bill. So I have an automated transaction that wires money to my credit card right before The credit card is going to be debited for the different bills that I have from it. So I don't pay credit card fees anymore. And for the other accounts, what I've basically done is I have one legacy account. So it's the account that I opened when I came to Canada 16 years ago. And today, it's not my favorite bank, but I still use it and I still have a card, but I use it mostly for my retirement Savings. So I have a saving account with that bank and I have a credit card with that bank as well. I have a checking account, but I don't typically use it. And so at some point I was paying $16.95 per month for that account. And I realized that I was making less than two transactions on my checking account every month. Less than two transactions. And the reason why I was paying the sixteen ninety five was because I had an unlimited transactions type of plan. So I thought, I am not using that card more than twice per month. And all of the, the transactions that I'm doing else with the other accounts at that bank do not count towards the number of transactions that I am allowed to do. And so I realized that I was using that account mainly for retirement, credit card payment, and that was it. So I lowered my plan to the minimum possible. And I'm actually going to ask them next if I can close that account or... Give them back the card that comes with it. And if this is going to lower even more my account, the fees that I'm paying, because I've never used that card. Like If someone was to ask me to use that checking account today, the card that comes with that checking account today, two issues would appear. First one, I don't remember the NIP of that card. Yeah, I don't remember it. The PIN number, I have no idea. Second, that checking account is close to empty because I'm paying $3 a month. I only have put money for the year basically. So I put $36 in that account. I think now you have $38 in that account. So that's it. I have money in that checking account just to pay for the banking fees. I don't use that card for anything else. So lower that to the minimum, minimum possible plan that they have. Then the second account that I have is my parent account. So my parent account is the account that receives my paycheck. And it is the account that dispatches the money to all the other accounts that I have and that pays all of the bills that I have as much as possible. So that account has around more like 10 to 12 different automated transactions, not going out every month, I would say on a monthly basis, At least seven or eight. And then every two to three months, it goes up to 12 automated transactions. And amongst those automated transactions, I have the bills. So phone bill, water and electricity bill, car bill, mortgage payment. I have my investment accounts, which I'm going to dive into more after. The money is being taken out of there. I have my retirement accounts. Money is being taken out of there as well. I have my insurances life insurance, house insurance, car insurance, health insurance, private health insurance being taken there. So I have a lot of different automated payments that are being taken from that account. And then I have another account that is my everyday account. So that account does not only receive money, receives money from the parent account. So the legacy account has a card that I don't use because it's just it's the legacy account and I want to keep my banking fee there to the minimum. I have my parent account. This is the one that costs me the most money, but at the same time, it is still cheap. I pay $13.95, but all of these different payments that are coming out, I do around like 50 transactions per month. So for me, it makes sense. It's the parent account, the account that is managing the children accounts and my legacy account is a child account and all of the account are child accounts as well. So it makes sense for me to pay $13.95 for that. The remainder of the $25 banking fees that I pay is for some of these accounts, the investment accounts, they have a plateau type of banking fee that you pay when you go above a certain amount. And so you pay for that. So all in all, $20 per month in banking fees, For the year, it brings me to $240. That is my goal. And my goal is even to get that lower without sacrificing my financial objectives. That was everything for everyday transactions. Then retirement. So I did mention the parent account sends money to different accounts, including the retirement account. Now, I am Canadian. I live in Canada. I am a Canadian citizen and I do save for retirement. This applies only for Canadian. I know the U.S. people have different things. I'm not going to go there because it's very hard for us Canadians trying to get savvier with personal finances to find resources. So I'm not going to cover the American side of things. I'm going to cover the Canadian one. So in Canada, we have what we call an RSP, which is a Registered Retirement Saving Plan. And it helps you basically contribute the deductible contribution towards your retirement so you can reduce your taxable income for the year. There's a contribution window that you were not to go over because you would pay tax on what's going over. And RSP are really great. You have different ways to use that financial vehicle. So I have one of these aggressive plan because I'm 33, but I'm still young. <laughs> so my retirement for now is more aggressive because I foresee that I'm going to keep working actively, Like intensity, I would say, because I don't think I'm ever going to stop working, but working as intensely as I do now for another 25 years until I'm 60 years old, maybe 62. So I want my money to work as hard as possible for the 25 years to come. Not going to lie with what's happening right now in the market. I've seen my money plummet, but (laughs) it's fine. It's fine. It's about time. It's the long run. Retirement is the long run. So I have that. I typically contribute to it every two to three months because you have a minimum amount. At least the account that I have requires me to contribute a minimum amount. And so it takes me two to three months to get that minimum amount, which means that I'm contributing to my RRSP four times a year. And then I have a TFSA account, which is also for retirement. It's a tax-free saving account. It's a way that the government found for Canadians, individuals, not even Canadians, who are 18 year old and older, and who have a valid social insurance number, to set aside money tax free. You do have a contribution window, which is 6,000 for 2022. That contribution window actually accumulates from the previous year, so you don't lose what you haven't contributed the year in the years past. For instance, I was 18 years old. In 2007, I only started to contribute to my TFSA when I was 22 years old, but I still can use the contribution room from when I was 22. Yeah, So I can still use the contribution room that I accumulated from my 18th birthday to my 22nd birthday and use that today. But keep in mind, again, if you go beyond the contribution window for the year for the TFSA, it's not so bad, but don't go over your global contribution window that is a cumulative number from the years past, okay? And the thing that is great with TFS in general is that you can typically withdraw money from it, but honestly, if this one is for retirement. I don't do that often. I've never done it, actually. It's locked. I don't have a card. I can just put money on it. And that's also something that I do for my everyday transactions and, some, and all of the accounts that I'm going to mention now. I only choose financial institution or financial products that allow me to drop money in and that make it difficult for me to take the money out, except for my emergency fund. I do not want to be able to take money out. I do not want to have a card for any of these accounts. I don't want any way or f- shape, form possible to take money out of this account. And that's how I choose the financial products. And at least the financial institution and then the financial product. One or the other has to block that account, has to block me, prevent me from taking money out of that account. But it has to encourage me to put money in. And so for me, it's key because it's very hard to discipline with money. And I think the older you get, the harder it gets, because sometimes you get more responsibilities. You may get married, you may buy a house, buy a car, and you may be tempted to live beyond your means. And that is what I am. I literally built my financial structure so that I do not do it. It's impossible for me to do it, for me to take money out of specific account. I have to go to the bank and sit, talk to someone, prove that it's me, talk to someone and get the money out. I will not do that over my dead body. I'm not doing that unless it's a matter of life and death. That's one thing. So again, for my everyday transaction, I have three accounts. For my retirement, I have two accounts, an RRSP and a TFSA. And then for my investments, I have four accounts, but truth be told, I have two accounts. For my investment, my TFSA for retirement is actually an investment account. So that money is also being invested as I'm saving it for retirement. And same thing for my RRSP. I didn't put them in the investment section because really the goal of these accounts is to be used towards retirement. But my investment accounts, sometimes like the pure investment accounts that I have, they are intended for different goals. One of them is an emergency fund. So I have a TFSA as well, but this time it's an emergency fund. This one is very flexible. In times of emergency, I was able to withdraw money within 24 hours. And then again, when I withdraw money, the system is asking me, are you sure? This is your goal. Do you want to withdraw money? But this is my emergency account, my emergency funds. And so when I've had emergencies, I just knew I had that money set aside that I never see anywhere except if I open my spreadsheets or if I look at my mint account but I typically don't see how much money is in there I know that money is being taken out of my account every week or every month or every quarter depending on the account and also when I get bonus at work I drop everything like bonus people bonuses are not extra money to spend These are extra money to pay yourself with and to put towards retirement and investment, okay? Do not spend your bonuses as if it's extra money. It is not. Parenthesis closed. (laughs) So I have one TFSA for an emergency fund, which is with the company called Mocha. It's a company from Quebec because I live in Quebec and I want to support businesses from Quebec uh, it was previously known as Milo, and I think they got bought by another company. I want to say Mojo, but I'm not sure. They got bought by like a new European company or something. But the product hasn't changed for people who have had that account. My second investment account is my Worth Simple Invest account. So this one is more of an aggressive investment vehicle, where I am saving for projects. For instance, thinking of doing an MBA that is very expensive. So I'm saving for that here. But if I get to a certain point, I might use that money to act for another project, which is to buy other properties because I want to get into real estate because my mom was into real estate and I was able to see how we would sustain her month over month. So I find that interesting as well. But this is basically that TFSA is more of an aggressive investment vehicle for projects. One is for the emergency fund and one is for projects. The reason why I have a TFSA for my emergency fund and not a saving account is because one, the saving rate or the interest rate on saving accounts is ridiculously low. It used to be a little higher, but now it's ridiculously low. So even at a loss, over time, I'm still making my money is by sitting in that TFSA emergency fund is still making more interest that if it was sitting in a saving account at 0.05 interest rate or 0.5 interest rate. That's the main reason. I used to have, and I still have, I'm going to go on, but I still have a saving account that is also used for emergency purposes. So... Now we have three everyday transactions, two retirement accounts, two investment accounts, and my two saving accounts. Why do I have two saving accounts? Because I don't want to put all of my money either in TFSAs or RSSP, mainly because for TFSA, there is a limit. There's a contribution window that you cannot go over, otherwise you pay taxes on that. So I'm limited in terms of how much I can invest in my TFSA. And just so you know, I've never maxed out my global contribution window, but with time passing by, I'm getting closer. And so I'm going to be capped at my TFSA. I'm trying every year to max out my RRSP because it also lowers my taxable income. But I have these saving accounts for the rest of the money I have. It's not a lot. Sometimes I do contract where I'm being paid $150, $600, $700. That's where I would put that money because it's not necessarily, I don't do contracts all the time and it's not necessarily part of my financial plan. So if I was to put that money towards my TFSA or my RRSP, I may go over the contribution window at the end of the year and I don't want that to happen. So I'm putting the money in a saving account. I choose a saving account and I open and close them. Honestly, I think I've opened a saving account with all the banks you can think of that are available in Quebec because some of them we don't have access to in Quebec, like EQ. We don't have access to EQ. I don't think we have access to Coho, but I've opened an account with every single one of them because they typically have offers of, oh, if you open a saving account, you're going to have 2.85% saving rate until that date. So that's how like, I open accounts. I put money there for a year. It grows and then I move it to another account. I don't mind doing it because most of my financials are automated. And so for me to add or remove a saving account to this automation just requires me to go to my parent account, remove the transaction, create a new one. And set it and quote unquote forget it until my monthly review. It's a bi weekly review that I do with a major review every month and then a major overhaul if needed every quarter of my budget and of my financial goals and plan. So in total, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine accounts. Only two do I use regularly the parent account. And I mean, I don't use it actively. So I would say there's only one that I use regularly and it is my everyday transaction account. I have two credit cards, which I am using more than I would like. So that's also one of the goals that I have this year is to reduce what I'm using my credit cards for. I'm always, I get trapped because one credit card is cash back and I always feel oh, whenever like I have a big purchase to do, let me just pay it with my credit card because I'm going to get some cash back. Sometimes I forget to do the payment. So I look at the interest that I paid, the bump in interest that I paid due to that expense versus the cashback that I got from it. And I'm like, does not make any sense. So that's one credit card. The other credit card is an air miles. So I get miles every time I make a purchase and that's another trap. <laughs> I have an air miles card, like program card, but I also link my air miles to my credit card and this traps me sometimes where I'm going to make purchases because I want to get miles, but it's... Really should only be used for like major transaction. So I have these two credit cards. So in total, I guess I have 11 accounts, three everyday transaction checking account, two RSS, two retirement accounts, two investment accounts, two saving accounts, two credit cards. And I just noticed that I have everything in twos. I think at some point I went all the way to 15 accounts, but it kind of defies the purpose. I really think for me, the balance, I have a great balance now with two retirement, two investment, two savings, and two credit cards. I don't wish to add a credit card to it. I don't have any other things. I do have my mortgage and I do have my car payment as well. Now, these are accounts, but I don't count them in my transactions because they basically also are being paid for by my parent account. Ideally I wouldn't want to add anything to it. If I add anything to it, it's going to be an additional investment vehicle or retirement and I don't want to do that. If anything I want to simplify but not add anything to it. And so the great thing about this is without realizing it like by combining and all of these accounts, when I'm really focused, I can save 52% of my net income each month and then when it depends on a lot of or the factors like I have to travel for an emergency or something like unexpected happens, it lowers my saving rate to 38% per month of my net income. I don't look at how much I save over the year. I look at it at the end of the year. My goal really is that I really believe in incremental. And so my increment is one month. What is it that I can do for this month? And then how can I reflect that upon the next month and so on? And so my saving rate varies between 38% and 52% of my net income. I live comfortably. I don't go out all the time. I don't have the latest shoes, the latest trends. I do extras, but like for me, doing an extra is when I go to the liquor store, instead of getting just one bottle of wine, I'm going to get two. For me, that's an extra. Or is for me, going to the restaurant is an extra because I have all the food that I need at home. And when I go to the restaurants, because I want to spend some quality time with a friend or celebrate something like now I'm going to go to the restaurant, I think next week or the week after with a friend to celebrate the end of my diploma and celebrating my friend becoming a Canadian citizen as well. So there's always a purpose. And I do not, whenever I go to a restaurant, I do not eat anything that I would be able to cook at home by myself so that it's truly an experience that I'm paying for. I'm not paying to, because I'm lazy and I want to eat something very quick, which I do sometimes. I go to McDonald's like once every three months, I want to say. So I do it sometimes. Like I want the restaurant to be special. And for it to be special, it has to be linked to a special occasion, a special someone, friend, family, or a special meal. All three at once. I love it. So yeah, that is basically how I pay myself first. Whenever money comes to my account on the day that I'm being paid, in the following five days, typically I don't spend anything. And the money is being dispatched to other accounts, retirement, investment, saving accounts. It's paying all of my bills. And yeah, I don't have to think about it. And I have my everyday account that I can use. So that is great. That is really great. That's it. That's really how I pay myself first, making sure that I am in it for the long game. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask me. I'm going to put my email in the description box so you can send me an email there. I check my email every single day. I'm your inbox zero type of girl. So I check my email every single day. If you want to see an example of the spreadsheet that I use, I can share that as well. I'm going to remove my numbers, of course. If there are a lot of people who are looking to use that spreadsheet, because it's a quite massive spreadsheet, I would say. It's easy. There are not crazy formulas in there, but we can definitely do a workshop as well. I would love to do that, kind of walk you through my spreadsheet and so that you can create your own as well. It's a one-year budget plan. There are other spreadsheets that are attached to it, but I can definitely show you that specific tab. So yeah, any questions on the previous episode, which was my journey to paying down and managing debt, any question on today's episode, which is paying yourself first, I will be happy to answer. But like I said, I'm not a financial advisor. I haven't gone to school for finances, personal finances. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm learning just like you are learning just sharing to you maybe things that you weren't aware of existed or ways that you weren't aware existed either and you want to proceed and try them so be happy to continue the conversation i hope this episode was useful and insightful if you have any question like i said email me it is july 1st in canada so i am wishing you a happy canada day a very long weekend for all of us if i do have some listeners from the u.s happy happy 4th of july on monday and happy long weekend to you as well until the next time take care bye that's it for me today i hope you found that episode helpful and insightful if you have questions or topic you'd like me to address email me at the email address in the description box and last but not least leave your five star review anywhere you are listening it really encourages me i wish you wherever you are to be well and i will talk to you next time